This podcast is part of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. To learn more, visit listenfrederick.com. Fitness Frederick Podcast, where we discuss all things related to health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that you can actually understand. And it is hosted by yours truly, Dr. Matt Silver, Doctor of Physical Therapy, and founder of Alpha Project Physio and Performance. All right, guys, uh, welcome to another episode of the podcast. And um, this one, on this episode, we have uh, Maggie. Maggie, how do you say your last name? Geis. Uh, we have Maggie Geis on, on the podcast. And uh, she has a really interesting story about not only what she's doing, um, but uh, like kind of how we met. And so, so Maggie has a, a pelvic floor physical therapy practice. And uh, well, Maggie, first of all, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. Um, so tell everybody about like, yes, yeah. Tell everybody about like, just, just like an introduction to yourself. Like who is Maggie Jice? So I don't know. That's a loaded question, but um, so I've been practicing PT for about nine years, I guess. Um I have been in ortho for a majority of my career. Um, I started running personally when I was a freshman in undergrad. And um, that's kind of followed me through both the difficult and um, all the education that I went through. It really helped me deal with um the stress of education and being in a field where you're giving so much of yourself running has kind of been uh, that thing that I have held on to for a long time. Um, so fast forward, I had this chance, I guess, to start a practice in pelvic health um, was never really a goal of mine to have my own practice, but an opportunity came into my hands and, um, I realized that it was a really, not only an underserved population, but also the region that I live in, it was just really non-existent. Um, and after I had my kids, I really couldn't find the help that I needed. Um, so I started doing the education, started seeing the pelvic health patients, uh, in West Virginia, mostly, Um, and then as my practice has, uh, evolved, I have been practicing and serving the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia. I've migrated to Frederick, Maryland. Um, and then I've also, I'm also licensed in Virginia. So I treat in parts of Northern Virginia in the Winchester area. Um, and then I also kind of overlap into some of Pennsylvania, um, so it's kind of like where I am today. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, kind of, you're kind of treating all over the place, which is kind of reminds me of myself when I first started my practice and and, and was was just jumbled up in Northern Virginia and Maryland. And I think I saw a couple people in Northern PA. But um, so I know, right, you're a pelvic floor physical therapist. So like for people that don't know what that is, like, like what is that? So a pelvic floor physical therapist um, has postdoctoral training in internal and external techniques um, when things are affecting the intimate pelvic area. Um, so we really think about pelvic health being an issue or playing a role in whatever the person's problem is when there's pelvic pain, when there's incontinence, when there's painful intercourse, when um, people have been to traditional outpatient orthopedic physical therapy and still have lingering uh, back pain, hip pain, SI joint dysfunction. Um, so pelvic floor is orthopedic physical therapy inside of the pelvis, um, but it does take some specific training to be able to be able to diagnose and assess and treat those areas um, and making sure that you're a qualified practitioner to be performing internal treatments. Um, I would say all pelvic floor physical therapists have at least the education to be able to perform internal assessments and treatment. Um, not all of them, I would say, choose to. There are some really great people in our field that um, are very uh, well known in the athletic CrossFit running population. Um, and they are very knowledgeable individuals in pelvic health. However, they refer out for um, the internal portion of pelvic health. Um, but really, you're brain needs to think that pelvic health may be a part of the problem um, if there's anything going on with pee, poop, and sex, um, and whether that's related or unrelated to, yeah, um, to what you think you have going on, um, if there are some other things going on and you can answer yes to some of these questions, um, then, and you're not getting better with traditional physical therapy, um, then you may need to think about seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist to get that area checked out. Yeah. I, I, and if you were to ask me like pelvic floor PT when I was in school, I mean, in school, I had absolutely no idea, but it sounds like it's a very, because my, my girlfriend's also a, a pelvic floor physical therapist. It sounds like it's a very up and coming sort of, uh, niche inside of physical therapy that a lot of people don't realize. And I, I think a lot of people probably have issues or have something going on that you could really, that like me, I don't, that's not my thing. <laughs> I don't do that. But like, if I saw somebody that had that, I know for a fact, I would say, Oh, go to Maggie. But I think it, it's really underappreciated. And even in like, you know, OBGYNs have a lot on their plates. And I think even a lot of physicians and doctors have no idea what you guys do. So, I mean, could you just kind of talk about that? Because I know we've talked like privately about how it's it, people just don't know what pelvic floor PT is, right? 
Yeah, and I mean, you you just hit a hit on like so many points. Um, just it, it's 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 up and coming, um, and it's you know strange because I'm in a mentorship group right now where I'm with fifty or sixty pelvic health physical therapists that are all starting their practices across the country. And we have all these people that are going into pelvic health, but then we look at like where you and I live, Matt, and I can literally say, I know all of the pelvic health physical therapists within like a 60 to 80 mile radius. Um, And they can fit on like one hand. Um, And the number of people, you know, we're in this DC (laughs) metro area. Yeah. You know, in this DC metro area and um, you know, five or six pelvic health PTs, there's absolutely no that way that we can serve the people that need us. Um, and yeah, I think things are kind of turning as far as just generationally as well. Um, I think we're getting to a point in our generation that um, we're starting to talk about these things again, you know, um, whether it's related to pregnancy and postpartum or um, men or women that have um, not had, uh, like if pregnancy and postpartum is not part of it, there is a full, uh, percentage of people that have pelvic floor, uh, symptoms and it's completely unrelated to pregnancy or postpartum. Mm -hmm. And the pregnancy and postpartum is underserved and it's very, very hard to get those, that have pelvic floor conditions outside of pregnancy and postpartum, they have even a harder time finding care than the traditional pregnancy and postpartum. Um, so yeah, I think there's this evolution of that. It's, uh, starting to be talked about and it's starting to, um, become something that men and women are talking about. Um, And I would say from my experience and even growing my practice, it's not so much that the physicians are the the ones referring to us. It's that um, for me specifically in my practice, I only treat women, but they're the ones finding me. They're not being referred to me by their primary care or by their OBGYN. Um, These are women that are like, you know, on social media, they're, you know, asking their moms, they're asking their friends, they're asking their coworkers, you know, is this normal? Like, is this what I have to deal with for the rest of my life? Um, And I think it's starting to become more talked about, but it's not, it's coming from our generation's own investigation and not necessarily um, from the physician referral side. Um, And so I think that's kind of an uphill battle that um, I mean, one is physical therapists, right? I mean, I think uh, the medical community doesn't really understand the scope of practice of PT in general. And then when you talk about pelvic floor physical therapists, um, they think it's mind boggling that we can do internal assessments. Yeah, you know, because we didn't go to medical school. Um, And, you know, the way I explain it to my patients is that, like, these are skeletal muscles, just like your quads and your glutes. Um, They're made up of the same kinds of things. Um, They just happen to be inside of the pelvis instead of outside of the pelvis. Um, So, yeah, I think think that we're in this shift right now that 
it's still not prevalent enough. Like we're still not helping everyone that we need to help. However, it's starting to become more talked about. Um, and it's starting to become a little bit more in the forefront of like what women think is good care and what women think is okay to live with and what it's not okay to live with. Um, you know, we're not saying, Oh, well, I had a baby. So I just, I just leak a little bit when I sneeze. Like that means that's a symptom. Just a little bit. Yeah. I just leak a little bit when I sneeze, but I had a baby. It's like, well, that wasn't okay before you had a baby and it wouldn't be okay for someone else. And if your husband was leaking urine when he was sneezing, what would he have to say about it? Um, he probably wouldn't be okay with it. So, um, you know, it's a symptom, but I think, um, you know, it's just been passed over for so long that it's, we're in this mindset shift that like, it does mean that something's going on um, and you do deserve treatment. And especially if it's slowing you down athletically in performance, um, it could be the missing piece to why you're not performing the way that you want to, or you used to be able to. Um, I mean, you, you, talk, you, you touched on a million points there. I want to get to all those. Um, but I know we talked a little bit about physicians and it's, it's not us knocking on physicians, right? Whether it's orthopedist, right. OBGYN or your primary, but right. I just actually, uh, I just worked with a, a podiatrist and she lives in Columbia um, and she was kind of telling me during the eval, we were just, you know, we're doing stuff and, and having some small talk. And she was telling me how she has to see, I think it was, it was more than three. It was like four an hour, sometimes six patients she was seeing in an hour. And I'm like, how, <laughs> like, like what kind of care are you, especially as a podiatrist, are you able to give? I believe it was more like three to four, but still, I mean, that's three to four patients an hour you're seeing. And there's. I just can't imagine having to do that. And that's kind of what a lot of physicians uh, are, are dealing with is they're time crunched, right? They have to see, they have a productivity standard they have to get. And this is, I think, a big reason why me and you, Maggie, we kind of got out of that that insurance-based right. model. And we're going to talk about that. but And why it's actually very, very beneficial, especially for pelvic floor patients to want to see somebody like you who's out of network, um, which is actually a good thing, not a bad thing. <laughs> um, but right, physicians just, they don't have... I mean, they probably don't only have the time to do it because a they have a bunch of notes to do and b um, they have to keep up on all of the other things that it means to be a physician. So a lot of the stuff of like what I do as a running based physio and what you do as a, right, a pelvic floor PT, they a lot of the times they just don't have time to do that because they're just so busy with so many other things that uh, that that they have to do. Um, but I know uh, we talked about the um, the kind of like what pelvic floor PT actually is. And I, I, I would love to, I know you said it's, yes, it's not just postpartum, right? It's not just when, 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 right. When you're pregnant and, and after, right. After giving birth, right. After you have a child, it's not just after that. Cause that's, I know that's a huge part of it, but um, like for men, like it's, they changed it from women's health to pelvic floor because right. If you're a guy, right. If you're a 26 year old like me and you can't have sex, because you right, you have erectile dysfunction. Like that's a huge part of your life, and yeah. a public floor PT can 
can help with that. I know, I know, I don't know if you do do much with treating males, but I mean, do you mean do you mind talking a little bit more about it's not just postpartum? It's not. I mean, I know that's a huge part, but how you can help other people than just hey, it's not just after you've had you know you've had your child. Yeah. So in my practice specifically, I do focus on women and that kind of just comes from my story um, and where I originated um, and where my pelvic health issues started personally were postpartum. Um, But yeah, I mean, even from, I mean, pelvic health um, is important for all people. Um, and it's, it's a quality of life issue for men, for women, for pre-menopausal, for post-menopausal, um, for children. Um, pelvic floor physical therapy for kids can really be huge. Um, from, you know, bedwetting and constipation to GI upset. Um, for men, prostatitis, um, erectile dysfunction, um, there's still urinary incontinence, constipation, GI issues. I mean, they really run the gamut. I mean, I would say that pelvic floor physical therapy is pretty much anything like between your neck and your knees, to be honest. Um, and I mean, it's, like I said, it's a huge quality of life issue. Um, and I think, you know, back to the physician issue is, as soon as something um, comes up in that department of, um, you know, GI constipation, whether it's urinary frequency, urgency, leaking, um, painful intercourse, inability to um, insert a tampon or have intercourse, then the those things should spark that referral um that should be the first line of defense um instead of it being um well let's wait three months and come back and let me know or um let's i mean there may be other referrals that are certainly appropriate like your gynecologist or other providers um but that first as soon as there are is some symptom reported, like I have back pain. Oh, well, have you ever had urinary leaking? Oh yeah. Well, sometimes. Okay. Like that should be an immediate pelvic floor physical therapy referral, no matter if you're 16 or 26 or 60, um, no matter if you're male or female, um, because the, a pelvic floor physical therapist is going to be able to wholly treat that person literally from inside out. Whereas, um, those pelvic floor pieces may only be partially addressed or, I mean, to be honest, like really incompletely addressed. Um, like you said, in PT school, like, I think we learned the anatomy, like the name of the muscles. Um, and they were on a multiple choice test and that was about it. (laughs) So, you know, as, as PTs, we come out of school with as general providers, right? Um, but I would say pelvic floor knowledge of a entry-level PT is not adequate to treat someone holistically from, you know, neck to knees um, and pelvic floor-wise. Um, so I, know I went off on a little tangent there, but, um, you know, I, I can't speak 
wholly on, you know, the men's side of things, but um, men are much more underserved than even women are. Um, they tend to, they underreport their symptoms um, and there are less providers that do treat men. Um, and then also, I think just being able to find a provider um, in your area, I think a lot of um, if people actually get the referral to PT or they recognize that that's what they need, um, there's not one in every town. So sometimes people are traveling, you know, very far to see these providers. Um, and then the continuum of care is sometimes an issue as well because providers are not um, as close as they could be for someone to have, you know, consistent regular treatment. That and, and 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 honestly, like just talking with my girlfriend, who's right, also a public floor PT in in Frederick here, because I know you kind of, I know you're you're looking to find a spot in Frederick, right, Maggie? Sure am, yeah. Like a, having a like a, a more location, which is exciting. But um, uh, Veronica, she is, I mean, where she works, she's like booked out. I don't know, is it four weeks, two weeks? Like she's booked out weeks in advance for her pelvic floor patients. And, and she's right in the in-network kind of practice where's co-pays or co-insurance, whatever it is. And uh, we were talking to Maggie, I think it was a month ago about how there's one in Columbia that are in network. And it's like, what is it? A month wait list, a two month wait list. Like what is that wait list? Eight months. (laughs) Eight months or eight weeks. Oh my God. Eight months. So, and and that's, and, and honestly guys, like that is what's going that a, that's, to me, that is a market, right? That there's so many people in Colombia that have this problem and so little providers that there's an eight-month wait list for that in-network provider. And we haven't even talked about the differences between what you do and what they do, which, right, I'm a huge fan of what you do, Maggie, because in, when we say talk about in-network and out-of-network, if you are like, if you're essentially in-network, you, you have to see a certain amount of patients per hour. And in, in our both of our scenarios, that really limits on a, the quality of care we can give people, Maggie. So, um, you mind just talking about like what you do and like what out of network actually means? Because I, I could talk about it, but let me know what like I'll, I'm curious to see like what you think about like the differences between in and out of network and like what it means to you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've worked at other in network places. I've worked for hospital based systems and private practices. Um, And as I've evolved into this really holistic provider, um, being out of network allows me to treat someone just as a human being and not not a diagnosis. Um, I mean, I I would say I don't have time constraints. I mean, I do have appointment times, um, but... I think that's just the biggest thing for me is that I felt so um, not listened to um, for my own problems. And I had to go and find a provider that would listen to me. Um, And so being out of network allows me to have appointment times with my patients that are 60 to 75 minutes. Um, It allows me to incorporate their pelvic health, obviously, but also if they come in one day and their neck hurts or they came in another day and their big toe hurts, which is real, um, I have been able to just jump, you know, and like take care of that body part. Um, 
and not have to be concerned about like coding and billing and is insurance going to pay for this because this wasn't the original diagnosis or this wasn't in the original plan of care. Um, I think being out of network, it has just, um, it fits my brand so well um, because I am a true empath and I just really, really care about my people. Um, And I felt like in network, that was really being stripped of me that I couldn't have that relationship with my patients because there was a timeline. I had to get this person out and get this person in. They had to get, you know, go up to the front desk and get scheduled. Um, And then there's also, you know, part of the people that um, they're just looking for something more. And because they've done the other practices and maybe they haven't gotten better. And so they're looking for that. um, They're looking for that practice that goes a little above and beyond. And I feel like I'm able to do that now. Um, Yeah, I think just treating, treating people like people and not a medical diagnosis um, is really, really important to me. Yeah. Not just, not just another number. Um, Yeah. And I love how you talked about like a relationship with somebody. And, and that's, that's the way I see it with, I can't, we're kind of in the same areas where kind of business-wise Maggie, but the way I see it is, yeah, I'm super busy, but each of my patients that I have, I see them for right, a full hour one-on-one and we could, we just, A, we get stuff done. We get a we fit so much stuff into that hour. And I, you know, we build this fantastic relationship where, uh, I mean, even on the pelvic floor side, if like, you're doing a lot of internal things, and I mean, the pelvic floor is a very intimate area where, I mean, I can't imagine not being able to trust somebody and well, first of all, be able to trust that, Hey, you can, you can help me Maggie, but I feel like I'm rushed and having that kind of care. And I mean, I know from talking to my girlfriend and talking with you, there's a lot of right things that you do that that's intimate in that area. So, I mean, in my opinion, I think it's, if you're going to have choose a provider, not only just for like, for me, there's people that runners and CrossFit athletes that I see, but for you from a public floor standpoint, I'm like, I want someone who's going to give me the time of the day. And I think people don't realize that, right. If you have 20, 30 minute sessions or 10, one hour sessions, I will take the 10, one hour sessions all day long. Um, because I'm probably going to get, I'm probably gonna actually going to get better faster than the, the 20 sessions that are rushed. Uh, but you know, in my opinion, I think it's, a fantastic model of, of being out of network and quotation marks here, but being able to, I call it the give a shit rule of actually giving a shit about your patients and not working with them and saying, Oh, I got this patient in 10 minutes. I got to finish up. We got a time clock. Cause like, yeah. yeah, we'll still do that. But it's, it's like, instead of seeing 20 patients in a day, we'll see like eight tops, right? Like, like that's my day or most I've seen right now is six. And I, I'm still beat. Cause I, I yeah, gave so much, I'm still mentally drained because I gave so much attention. So, I get you're giving people such great quality care and right. And, and I mean, it sounds like you're killing it, Maggie, because like, it sounds like the patients are they're, they're getting better and, and it's awesome. So when, when we're talking Maggie about like out of network or cash-based PTA, I think a lot of people misinterpret what that actually is. So I guess it's kind of an example I like to use is right in network. Typically there's like a copay or a co-insurance, $20, 50, 30, whatever it is. But with, 
out of network, basically you, you'd pay, like if you were to work with, with me, you'd pay me directly. And then on the back end, um, you're mo- most likely going to get a good amount of money back from insurance. And that number typically ranges from 40 to 80%. Um, so uh, two scenarios, you could either see somebody in network and see them for three times a week for a bunch of, right, bunch of weeks and have all these visits added up. Or you could see somebody like Maggie for, I don't know, six, 10 sessions, whatever long it takes, like once a week and probably actually get better faster and get better care and actually probably not spend as much, probably equal out. And basically you're getting better quality care for almost the same amount of money because you'll probably get reimbursed on the back end. I mean, can you talk about that, Maggie? Like how it's, maybe sometimes it's a little bit more expensive, but you're getting great quality care. And a lot of times it actually evens out to the same because if you have good insurance, they will pay a good amount of that back. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, so to be honest, I I mean, I don't talk about the insurance as much with my patients. Um, And I think it's kind of a mindset shift. And I also think there's um, also like a geographical type of... um, uh, a geographical, like, so like where I am in Frederick, there are a lot of out of network providers. Um, and so we've really kind of, you know, developed this little community um, of, you know, chiropractors, naturopathic physicians. Um, then there's me, I'm the only out of network physical therapy, uh, pelvic floor physical therapist um, with literally only three or four public physical therapists in Frederick. Um, and so I think it's, it's not even so much about the insurance and what is or isn't going to be reimbursed. Um, I think what's happening in the community community is that, you know, these providers, myself, including where we kind of have each other to rely on. And we know that these people are, are getting awesome care. And then, when myself or when another one of those providers says, okay, this is what's going on. We've been working together, but I really think you need to see so-and-so. The patient just has um, full trust in that recommendation. And they know that they're getting a personalized recommendation from their provider to another provider. And they're just... um, wholly believe that like that is where they need to go and they know that they're going to get better. Um, and I think that is something that the like in network medical community is kind of lacking um, because it, it is more based on finances and not relationships. And it's, you know, you go and see your physician and it's like, oh, we'll just take your order right down the hallway here and you can see our physical therapist. Um, But there's not the intent that like that person is going to make you better. It's just kind of like that's the next thing that happens in the line of care. Um, And so I think that person, when they take that order to the physical therapist down the street or down the hallway, um, they're not, they're like, I don't really know why I'm going. They just told me I should come here. I'm not really sure what this is or if I'm in, even in the right place. And so I, 
again, I think just to repeat myself, I think it's just, it's that relationship that's become different. And this, this community network of both providers and the patients who see those providers, they, they just understand that we have the best interest in them and not that in network providers don't have patient interest, but it's not that they have a relationship with that referral source. Um, And so I think the patient gets confused. And in our model, there is really no confusion. It's, you're going to go see Matt because Matt's going to get you better. Like, this is what Matt does. And um, I think that is what, like, makes us different. Our model of care is different than not, well... I would say maybe a little bit better, but I was going to say not better or worse, but I think it, I think it is better because it, it is more patient centered than, um, than insurance finances or just like the next string of, um, referral. Like, you know, you check this box, you check this box, you check this box. It's like, you're going to go see this person because this person is going to help you. And the patient's like, okay, like, I believe you and I trust you and that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I hope that answers your question. I think it might be a little off the path where you were going, but um, especially in the birth community, uh, that has been um, very big for me growing my business, but also for me being part of the community in Frederick um, that I didn't even really know existed. So it's been a pretty powerful experience. Yeah, Frederick's uh, Frederick's awesome, Maggie. You should just you just hang out in Frederick all the time. But um, I am <laughs> but there. You talked about the mindset. <laughs> yes, four days a week. But I mean, you talked about the mindset change, and I think a lot of people because like ten years ago, because I'm also in that kind of a coaching uh, thing, like like you are, Maggie. Where ten years ago, or five, even five years ago, I mean, there's almost no out of network uh, practitioners. Where it's it's much more new, and I think people are, are starting to realize that the difference between the in-network and out-of-network is it's the quality of care you get and the the trust and relationship. And I really, the, the, in my opinion, and I think yours is the same way, the better quality of care you're going to get is people are willing to, to, even if it's a little bit more expensive, they're willing to say, I trust you. I know you can get me better. Here you go. Like, right. And two scenarios I like to say is, right. Let's say you spend 1200, like you spend a thousand dollars, like working with me, right. We have like, I don't know, seven sessions, you spend a thousand dollars. And we get you 100% better. And now you never have this problem again. If it does come back, you know how to take care of it on your own. Would you rather do that, fix the problem in a month and a half? Or would you rather use your insurance, pay less money, probably pay more over the next five years because you don't solve the problem, but pay, right? Say it only costs you 300 bucks with co-pays. You temporarily solve your knee pain and it comes back in a year and then you have to deal with it and you go back to the ortho. Now you get a cortisone injection that your insurance oh didn't pay for. And that's like, let's say 500 bucks. Right. So that I think people are starting to realize it's almost like your car. Right. I have this weird I know I got to take my car in right now. A little bit of a hypocrite, but it's got I know the tire has a bulge on it. If I don't take care of this bulge on my tire now, I need to buy a new tire. I, it's, it's probably going to mess up my alignment, mess up this and that. And it's probably going to cost me like a two thousand. I already spent a bunch of money on it. It's probably going to cost me two thousand more dollars on my car, my little Hyundai Accent. That's not a very expensive car to begin with. So that I think people are starting to realize that if you right. If you solve the problem now, it's going to save you a lot of money on the back end. So if like, you're a runner and you have knee pain and you're 30 years old, if you never address that or you go to somebody and you don't get it, you temporarily get it fixed, right? You Maybe you'll have a premature knee replacement. 
you probably could have avoided that if you didn't run on knee pain for the past 20 years. So I think I think you're right, uh, Maggie, where people are really starting to realize that out of network and maybe paying a little bit more upfront, but it's really not, I don't, at that point, I don't think they care about the money. They're like, I know you can help me. I want to get better. People like that get the very, get very, very good results. And I think people are starting to realize that that is the way to go. And that's the future. I think of physical therapy where the old model will never go away, but I think this new model is, it's new. It's very exciting. And I, I, my opinion, I think it's better. And we're really able to give people the best quality care uh, from really any healthcare provider. Yeah. Well, and I think the transparency of that um, is, is also, you know, really valuable because, um, you know, insurance is, in, is confusing and they, um, they're not clinicians um, and they, their goal is to pay the least amount of money possible. So, you know, by, by seeing a provider like us, um, sometimes I think the dollar signs are a little, um, are a little shocking at first. Um, but then exactly like you said, what happens on the back end of insurance is, um, people think they're paying for more than what they are. Um, and their insurance is only paying for continued symptoms, um, whereas the transparency through our programs are like, this is all you're ever going to have to pay me. Like, this is what your plan of care is. I am very sure I can get you better. There's no bills on the back end. There's no, you pay me 20% now and then I'll deny you later. Um, you know, we're not trying to yeah. trick you. It's like, this is my fee for 60 minutes. I'm, this is what we're going to do today what do you, you want to fix? Um, and that partnership and that fee go hand in hand. And it's not, um, it's, it's not that like hidden of like, I don't know if we're gonna, you know, cover $20 of this, or we're going to cover 80% of this. Um, you know, it's, they do not have the patient's best interest in mind. Um, and, they're just kind of sneaky, to be honest. And I, I think the transparency of our plan of cares, um, I think when people, you know, ag agree to work with us and think that we're the provider for them, um, I think the transparency is a big part of that, irregardless of what kind of like insurance policy they have. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I mean, you, I, I agree with you 100%, Maggie. And the people that I've worked with that that I mean, the people that work best with me are like, Matt, you know, I've either there's two, a couple of different scenarios where they've had something going on. They've been to other providers and they, they weren't really able to get that long term fixed. And they're like, hey, you know, I just want to get this fixed. And then we talk about insurance and, like, and they don't even care. They're like, I'll deal with that on the back end. Um, or there's people that are a little bit more because I've had one guy, he's a Montgomery County police officer. And he's playing, I think it's like a thousand a month in daycare, which is insane to me. I'm like, holy cow. But he was like, I don't know if I can afford it, Matt. You know, I, he really wanted to work with me, but his, his daycare was, was expensive. And he ended up, I mean, he had the best insurance through Montgomery County and it, they paid, they reimbursed 80% of, <laughs> of our visits. And he was like, we're good to go. Let's do this. So uh, there's some people really want to work with you, but right, I understand, hey, it is still money. I completely get that. But um, sometimes it does, 
as people, right. someone really wants to work with you or wants to work with me and they, right. They, they just know that oh, just now is not the best time. Sometimes that insurance, Oh, I know I'll get some money back. Okay. Let's do this. It's game on. But even those people, they're really, really bought in. They're not like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, and I've had some people that just, they work with me or they have, they choose not to work with me because they're like, they're just looking for someone who's in network and that's fine. Right. And, and you can go down that route. I'll get you in about four months when it doesn't work. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think a lot of people are starting to realize that insurance is not what it used to be. And using something like an HSA that I have, it's a great way. You can also pay for something like this, pay for your dental bills with it. I think they're great. But, um, but yeah, I think people are starting to realize insurance is not what it used to be. And um, that using your money wisely and, and really investing in yourself. And, and this is where I kind of get heated, Maggie, of like, if you're not willing to invest, you know, a little bit of money into yourself and to solve something permanently, uh, especially on a pelvic floor side, where like you're walking in your right, right, you're, 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 you're urinating a little bit and peeing yourself. Like, like if you're not willing to make that investment, then, then I don't know, <laughs> right. It's, to me, it's an investment in your health and um, it's, it's, again, I think there's a mindset change and I think it's, hopefully it's, it seems to be picking up and people are starting to realize that this is a, this is a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah. All right. Um, so what was, um, I know you talked to Maggie about like starting your business, but I, so I know, so what's your story? I know we talked briefly about your store, but I know you have, you have two kids, correct? I do. Um, yep. So what I was have... like, the, I know. You... Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So I have two little girls. Um, Paige is six and Tori is three and a half. And so you essentially you went through pelvic floor physical therapy, right? Could you kind of explain how, how that went? Uh, yeah. So, um, I, during my first pregnancy, um, had a lot of back pain, um, you know, as a physical therapist, pretty active, you know, mobilizing people, moving people. Um, and I just kind of thought that that was normal. Um, and ended up having my baby via C-section and I, did relatively well um, through that. Definitely uh, started exercise probably before I should have. Um, I recognized that I had a pretty significant diastasis recti around like 14 months postpartum. Um, and I did want to have another child. And so I started kind of diving into, um, and at this point I was not um, I was not a pelvic health provider. Um, so I was just doing my outpatient ortho jobs. Um, and I started doing some of my own research and some self-testing for diastasis. Um, and, you know, doing the yoga or not the yoga videos, the uh, YouTube videos. And, you know, nothing was really changing. Um, so I started looking for therapists and I just couldn't really find any. Um, I did find one, um, somewhat local to myself. Um, and some of the treatment strategies were, um, just not ideal. They just didn't fit into my life. Um, they seemed complicated. 
Um, and they were a little outdated as far as um, how I felt like I was being managed. Um, I would say, you know, I improved. My diastasis got a bit better. Um, at that point, I didn't have back pain. Um, and I was really just trying to put myself in as good of shape as I could going into my second pregnancy. Um, so I got pregnant and um, had that baby by C-section as well. Um, and I thought that things were just going to be cool because I had done it before. Um, you know, I had recovered from a C-section before and, you know, I had already done the postpartum rehab. Um, but it was really, really different, um, in a lot of ways. So I struggled with, um, an infection in my incision, um, which led to a lot of scar, uh, scar mobility issues. Um, I had continued back pain, like not just during my pregnancy, but postpartum. That was pretty acute. Um, I also suffered with painful intercourse for a year. Um, And in that, I was, again, you know, on the search for a provider. And I ended up having to travel two hours away to Arlington, Virginia to see someone yeah, took a whole day off work, <laughs> drove two hours down. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it really wasn't until then when I was driving two hours away for <laughs> to see someone to help me. Um, and I really did well within like three sessions. Not that I recommend that to everyone, but, um, you know, being a PT myself, I think I had an underlying understanding of what was going on. Um, but I saw a lot of providers, you know, I, I did see her. Um, I saw a couple other therapists um, and I naturopaths. I saw chiropractors. I saw other PTs for some back pain and um, hip pain and things. Um, so, you know, I really, it really took me those three years or four years of pregnancy and postpartum to recognize um, that no one's doing this here (laughs) and uh, it's really needed. Um, And also that I was hugely interested in it Um, and that I started really thinking that like I could be that provider for my area. And so when my littlest Tori was I think I took my first pelvic health course when she was like seven months old. And then the rest is history. So I just kept taking courses. Um, and then it wasn't until this April that I was able to leave my in-network job. And now I'm completely on my own, on my own with Gaia Women's Health. That's, I mean, I love that story, Maggie, because you literally, it's not like you just, oh, I'm just going to be a public floor PT and this is, I'm going to make a lot of money because first of all, that's a crappy reason to start a business is to make money, right? And which it's great for PTs for us to know that we're doing this to help people. And the fact that you went through it, like, right, two pregnancies and that for those of you who don't know what a diastasis recti is, it's kind of just basically because of right being pregnant and the abdominal muscles get kind of pushed off and really stretched a lot that the abs have a hard time of 
of kind of they're kind of spread out the the six pack muscle. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Maggie, if I'm butchering this explanation. But essentially, just the ab muscles are are overstretched and it takes it just it's a right can cause things like back pain, which which Maggie was having. And I mean, you literally went through this and had to drive two hours to Arlington. I mean, right next to like the DC in the bigger city area there to find a provider who did this, which lets me know a a huge hole. There's no one's doing it here. And B, you went through it and was like, man, this is really cool. And it reminds me of my story where, yeah, I basically went through the same thing of running where no one can help me. I finally found a provider and I was like, oh, this is cool. I want to even, yeah, even, I'd sell physical therapists that same thing. I would see them and just not get better. And, and Maggie, you're, you're, you have your OCS, which, which is an orthopedic clinical specialty, which is a postdoctorate certification you can get in orthopedics, right? On treating aches and pains of the of the bone of the muscles the tendons bones cartilage whatever it is and like you were still like i don't know how to treat myself so like that's how much knowledge you have and like someone like myself as well we've niched down so much that it's not just orthopedics it's in your case it's pelvic floor that so even some of the best orthopedic pts they have no idea like essentially how to do what you do so it's it's that rare and that special so uh well first of all thanks for for doing that Meg, because i know you're helping a lot of people and again, so there's an eight month wait list. You are very needed. Um, so I, I want to respect your time. I know we're getting kind of in the weeds here on things. So, um, uh, so before we go, Maggie, do you want to just kind of like say how people can can reach you and find you if they're interested? Because I know there's going to be people that are interested after listening to this. So what's the website, like, Insta, like Facebook or anything? How can how can people find you and reach out? Yeah, so I'm on all of the things. My Instagram handle is at Gaia Women's PT. Gaia is G-A-I-A. Um, I do have a Facebook page. Um, the email to contact me is Maggie, M-A-G-G-I-E, at GaiaWomensPT.com. And phone number to schedule is 240-347-0022. Did you say the website? What's the website again? Oh, www.gaiawomenspt.com. Awesome. And, you know, guys, and, and I'll end on this too, of like when I see people, it's runners that have been through everything and they finally like, oh, I have to go see Matt because I've been through all these other PTs, chiropractors, and just haven't gotten better where um, if they would have just gone to somebody like me for running in the first place, that would have saved them a lot of money and heartache and time. I'm a big fan of saving my time and spending it and doing things I love doing. So if you want to actually save your time and right doing double unders, if you do CrossFit and you, right, you and you pee yourself, or if you have problem you're constipated, or if you're right, there's so many issues that Maggie can help you with. Excuse me. Um, so guys, highly recommend you go see her. But uh, thanks again for joining us on the podcast, and I'll catch you next time. Hey, wait a minute, guys. I just want to say thanks for listening to the podcast today. I really appreciate it. And if you want to get more involved in the conversation of your health, your wellness, how to have longevity later in life, take care of your aches and pains and learn how to do this on your own, that sounds cool to you. Uh, check us out at Alpha Project Physio uh, on Instagram and Facebook. And also check us out at alphaprojectphysio.com. Uh, right? If you're interested in actually talking to somebody about these problems completely free, we do free phone consultations all the time. Uh, so if you want to do that, go to alphaprojectphysio.com. You can click uh, talk to a doctor today, talk to somebody today. And uh, guys, on these calls, it's not we're not trying to sell you something. The goal is to really find out what you have going on and help you out.
right? If that's with us, great. If it's with somebody else, that's fine. So if you're interested in that, guys, please check us out at alphaprojectphysio.com, and I'll catch you next time.